0: Say my name loud and clear All love, but they still running in fear Who am I? Who am I? Thank you for tuning in to Our Black Voices Matter. We can't remain silent. We must speak up. So let the conversation begin. Hey, brother. First, I want to say thank you for allowing me to be on your show and give me the opportunity to express my thoughts on a wide range of topics. Um, To start off, I want to say my name is Rodney G. I'm from Utah, Alabama, and I'm 26 years old. And uh, these are my thoughts, albeit radical, but they are my thoughts nonetheless. Um, One of the first topics we was going to talk, talk about, discuss, was my thoughts on the murders of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. And, yes, they are indeed murders. Um, In the Ahmaud Arbery case, I found that one to be, I I think, personally, a little bit more disheartening than the George Floyd murder, if I'm being honest. Because Ahmaud Arbery was the shining light to his community, and not also, not just the shining light, but also the the product of parents who wanted to see him be better than what they were. And here's a young man who was not only excelling in school, but also excelling in his physical activities. Now, it's hard for me to swallow the thought that, you know, this young brother was running down the street and and someone shot him. Honestly, I think that I I can, I don't want to say cope with that, but I'm used to that because the this has been happening for years. Like this isn't no centuries. This hasn't, you know, this isn't something that just started happening, brother. Um, but again, with social media and cameras, you know, everything is, is for the world to see. Um, the my problem with that whole situation was that no matter how much you do right no matter how much you can be bright smart athletically gifted whatever it is you are still a second hand thing to them you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt as it pertains to them you know and, and i say that because let's let's just say he was white and he was running down the street in the neighborhood and he stopped at a construction home, would the police still have been called? I know some are going to say, yeah, because that's like the political correct thing to say right now, you know, dealing with the common in America as it stands. Um, but I, I personally, man, personally for me, I as I drive, I stop and see homes all the time that I think are just beautiful, daydreaming about owning one one day or building one one day or taking mental notes as to what I want in my house one day. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. You know, should he have went inside the home? Sure. No. But man, this happens all the time. There are literally numerous of cases where people just go through abandoned homes or homes that have been constructed on to see how they look. This happens all the time. The deeper rooted issue in it is that the paperwork for the prosecutors changed hands three times with a failure to arrest. That means three prostitutes, pre, three DAs said that they were not going to arrest those two people. And I find that disheartening because here it is in 2020 where it's going to take, <laughs> take publicity. And for celebrities and half of America to apply pressure to a city to force them to do the right thing. So if, you know, recently the grand jury found it, found enough evidence to indict them to even go to trial about it. So if the grand jury came together and said, yes, these guys did indeed do something wrong, then why couldn't one person who was elected by that city to to I guess serve as a statute for justice in that city? Failed to see the wrong that they did. I I don't know if that's a, a moral thing or, I'm I'm just gonna call them immoral, you know. And and they wonder why we are in the the state we in now as it as it pertains to protesting. You know, as as far as the George Floyd case, man, that that hit differently because when you seen George Floyd, you not only just saw. George Floyd dying. Like he was another black brother getting killed. Yes. Like, again, it's sad to say, but this is something that we're used to. We're used to being killed by the police. This is, you know, we all have had experiences with someone who's been mistreated by the police, no matter how much we want to, you know, agree or disagree on that. You know, but right now the reason why it's hidden so hard and people have it's like the country has lit on fire both figuratively and (laughs) it's it's not funny but you know it's, it's 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 spread like a wildfire because whenever something happens in america with young black men or young black women it's always the benefit of the doubt given to the police on every occasion we're always being told that it's something we don't know or they had they're privy to evidence that we don't have, or you know, so on and so forth. With the Amar, <clears throat> with the uh, George Floyd case. Sorry, I've been saying Amari, already, right, but in the George Floyd case, in particular, when you saw his knee on the back of his neck for that duration of time, you not you didn't just see George Floyd. You saw you. You saw your son. You saw your nephew. You saw your uncle. You saw somebody. That, That painted the picture as broad as it could be painted for the world to see. There was no more, well, this could have happened or that could have happened. But they tried, though. They really tried. They tried to say, yo, he had this in his system. He had this in his past. I don't understand, personally, how someone past can affect who they are in that present moment of time. To be frank with you, to be frank with you. I think that America, more or less white Americans, need to sit back and say that they have failed. Because anytime you kill one of us and then bring up a criminal record or bring up our criminal past or what we've done or how we've done it, what you are also saying indirectly is that you have failed. Because last I checked, there are no black people that own prisons anywhere. There are no black people who are steadily invested in prisons. Now, I thought the purpose of the criminal justice system and the prisons were to incarcerate and reform. If they come out and do something and, soon, and you kill them and then you bring up everything they did, that means you did a bad job of reforming them. So indirectly, you kind of fail at what you were supposed to do. But nonetheless, that has nothing to do with George Floyd and the reason why he had that knee on the back of his neck. Now, the world lit on fire because, you know, it's not, we don't live in the 1950s or the 60s, man. And I say that to say this. We are not products. I don't know if I should use the word products, but we are not products of of Martin Luther King Jr. That was our mother's. And our grandmothers, and our grandfathers, and our fathers. Growing up, man, see, I'm from I'm from the Deep South, so I have a I have a different tone as it pertains to racial injustice. I'm living right up under the Jim Crow statues, man. Even to this day, it's still the Jim Crow statues, and um, you know, it hurts me a little bit more because you know my granny, while she was alive, I was raised, man. To you know, stay out their way. That's just how they. That's just how they uh, apply every teaching towards us growing up. You know, you do everything you can to be a productive citizen of society. You go to school, you get a good job, you obey the law, and you do whatever needs to be done to, to not give them a reason to do something to you. You know, and and that's kind of sad in its own way. Like everything we're doing is is not first for us, but first to stay alive. That's the difference between privilege and. <laughs> You know, unprivileged people, and um, I think first and foremost that we all should step back and say, what well, have we done in our immediate circle to uh, help progress the lives of our fellow man? And I feel like we all have failed at that task. You know, as far as the protests go, man, I don't, I don't really see. <laughs> I don't really see anything with the unruly protests. I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, tear the statue down. You you're praising statues that of of traitors. Like you're 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 praising them because this is your heritage. This is your history. You're you're mad right now because people are telling you you can't come inside of a store with a mask. Or uh, there there are signs on the front window that says there's mask out there. You can't you can't come in without a mask and you get mad and you get upset. How do you think my brothers and sisters felt when they came to a store and see a sign that said white only? But nobody wants to I don't I don't know, man. That's hard to that's I don't I don't know if white people will hear themselves when they talk because to me it's funny. Is 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 outright hilarious. And, you know, to our white allies, man, you know, the brothers and sisters out there standing arm in arm with us, that's willing to put themselves on the front line and help with us. We see you, and we love you, and we're going to protect you as much as we can. See, I think the misconception is that they think that black people just hate white people. <laughs> that just isn't true. You know, anybody that knows their history knows, hell, even with the Underground Railroad, that there are white people, mostly white people, that helped us along the way with their homes, with their <clears throat> with their food with their secret passages, that was them. And we understand that we've always had white allies our whole lives, and we're here for that. But there are people that refuse to see what's going on in America, even to this day. And, that, and that's kind of sad, man, because here we are constantly begging and screaming from the rooftops for you to hear us. I mean, what more do you want us to say or do to get you to see that, man, we're suffering? Whether it be... You know, I, I think I think you think that because you're not whipping us or making us pick cotton, or you you think that you're you're not you're not slaving us. No, there's a there is a such thing as systematic injustice, man. You know, and I think the problem came <laughs> when they when they start to realize that we're just too much for them. You know, my ancestors were the strongest people I think on earth because you come over here to a country you know nothing about, a land you know nothing about, that the white people stole, but hey, whatever. And you have to be enslaved to a family for generations at a time. You have to watch your mom or your sister or your niece or, you know, watching them literally get raped by masses. And this, this is not something that just came about. You think the, the, you think the slave women just went inside the master's home and said, hey, you want to have sex? That ain't how that went, you know, and I think people forgetting that. Are they going to say, well, that was a part of our past? We shouldn't be reflecting on that. But here you go reflecting on something about a statue. I don't, they're hypocrites. Like, they're all hypocrites to me. But you can't really keep, you know, a black person down because we've always been excelling at way we're supposed to excel at. I mean, if you think about it, everything they've ever tried to do has been geared towards Keeping us inside of a box, and we have always broken down the barrier to to get more because we want what we we're owed. The, one thing that really, one thing that really bugs me now that I'm thinking about that. One thing that really bugs me is that they constantly, constantly try to express the words or regurgitate the words of Dr. Martin Luther King doing. when we know that they had him killed. Now, we have to remember that at one point in time, they vilified Dr. Martin Luther King. They called him a domestic terrorist to the American way of life. And then when Malcolm X came about and started doing things the radical way, I feel like the powers that be had a meeting and said, we need to do something to once again keep them in the proverbial box. So they brought Martin Luther King to the table and said hey see look we do like black people we do try to work with black people here we are let's do it our way and I feel like Martin Luther King helped in keeping our people passive aggressive and that's a and kind of led to the product that we have today but that's another discussion for another day um, I don't really know what we can do about the police at this point because everything now seems to be leaning towards the, the side of pandering. I don't know if they're really trying to make any permanent change other than pandering. Cause I mean, you can't, you can't stop the police, man. They're like this unstoppable force. And no matter what you do, they're just, they're just there. Hey, okay. What, answer me this. Like when you, if you defund them, or, you know, take it with their budget. What what is that gonna change? Like, you're gonna have less officers? I mean, probably more disgruntled officers. So the chance of something happening is higher. There's a higher risk of something happening to one of our black brothers and sisters 'cause they're really <laughs> they're really mad, you know. So I don't really know what's the answer to that, man. I don't I don't necessarily agree with defunding the police anyway. I feel like I feel like there are some good police out there, man. I feel like they do need the funding from the government to help protect these cities. But I do feel like there needs to be a stricter form of um, due diligence as it pertains to the application process to be a police. There has to be a stricter training. There has to be serious mental evaluation on these officers. And we have to first stop them from being able to get hired on by another police department or another precinct in another city if they've been fired for misconduct or brutality in another. That's that invisible blue wall that we are talking about, and I think people don't want to address that issue. Um, You know, personally for me, coming from where I'm from, and I've seen multiple police take drugs out the street and send them to the next city and, and, and sell them or give them to another gang to sell them and reap the benefits of this. I've seen police pull up and literally push women on the ground. I've seen police literally have sex on the side of the street with local prostitutes or local crackheads and, and what we about to say, oh, they're just human? They're gonna make a human mistakes too. No, once you become a police officer and you put on that badge, you are agreeing to be judged at a higher level of at a high level of criticism because you are indeed in the public eye as a safety officer you are supposed to be the officer of law and order. You're supposed to be providing the, the wall between good and evil. That's supposed to be you. You're not supposed to be doing this because you want the benefit from it because you want to turn your siren and run down the street or you want to see people, you know, titties or have sex with them to get them out of ticket. You know, this is this is all stuff that I'm used to seeing in the street, man. But And the reason I sound so mellow with it now, because I feel like I've been screaming about it for years, man. And I'm I'm kind of over it. I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm done trying to teach, man. It's, if you don't want to, the people that know, they know. The people that want to know, they seek. The people that don't want to know, ignore. And that's where we are right now, man. And this is this is, it hurts, man. It hurts. You know, and and I I hope that in the near future that we all can come together and try to find a way to be on one accord. And if not, then honestly, truthfully, let's burn this motherfucker down.